Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Your daily download of X92 Nights X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. It's Wednesday, September 27th, 2023. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. Do you have any housekeeping to take care of at the start of the podcast here, Shauna? Or. I don't think so. No, I don't really either. It's just kind of a regular day. Decent show. Yeah. We've got a heritage moment at the end, of course. We'll talk about a very uh, unique instrument that you hear sometimes in songs, but I bet you'll be listening for it now. Yeah. We want one of them in studio, actually. We do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Frig, Mary Kill involving movie genres. Genres. The movie. First, your out-of-context clip of the show. Wow, wow right, I got some your salmon eyes going on in comparison to that guy. <laughs> the Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I saw a couple people arguing online yesterday, and somebody said the word sheeple. That's another uh, word that I wouldn't mind dying forever, by yuck. the way. And then these two were going back and forth at each other, and they were calling each other sheeple. And then I thought about this. Time to, to, to educate themselves, yeah, too? Absolutely. Educate yourself, Yes, you as goes with every sheeple. The first person who ever discussion. said sheeple, I would have been like, hey, that's kind of clever. Yeah. And then that was, After that, oh, man. That was it. <laughs> and that was many years ago. Many, many years ago. But when I saw these two going at each other, I was like, you know what these two people need, Beckler? They need the sheeple's court. Oh, yes. The People's Court, but we rule on who's a sheep and who isn't. Yes. Who's sheeple? Now, you and I love the People's Court because of this sure ridiculous do. voice that goes with it. Just listen to this. This is the plaintiff, Shanti Jones. She says she hired the defendant to give her an ace. Like, just listen to that voice, right? He has the most ridiculous voice ever, and we like to imitate our own. So I'm thinking that maybe we need our own Sheeple's Court. Let's bring down the judgment on the Sheeple's Court. Let's do it. Susan believes everything she hears from the government and mainstream media. Her cousin Terry thinks you can't trust any of these liars. And you need to read up on George Soros. This is the Sheeple's Court. Okay, that was really good. This is the plaintiff, John Schuster. Or John Sheeple, I should say. John is being accused of being blindly led by authority. And this is the defendant, Freedom Mike. This is the Sheeple's Core. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I've noticed a new trend at the gym, Shauna. Okay. Uh, We've talked about the pump cover before. I think I told you about the pump cover. If you missed that, uh, it's basically just... A pump cover is just a sweater. It's what most of us would call a sweater. Yes. But incredibly vain people at the gym refer to it as a pump cover because it covers their pump. So they... The, the idea is to get the muscles really pumped up underneath the sweater, and then the sweater comes off, unveiling their pump to everyone else at the gym, who obviously oh have been God. they've been anxiously waiting to see it. Right? right. They've been. <laughs> I'm not ready yet. No. Nope. There, look now, everyone. Oh, now wow. look at my body. Is... I'm ready. So it's just a, a pump cover is just a narcissist sweater. Is all it is. I wish 
they had like a pedestal that you could just go and you walk right up on there and then you reveal your pump to the gym, right? And then everybody bows before you and goes, oh, I'm not worthy. Because what, yeah, what if people miss your big reveal? That's it. Yeah. Then what if they're a waste. worried about their own workouts and not you? Then why did you pump, you? right? Then so, why did you pump? It, so, <laughs> Why yeah. did you cover the pump? We need the pedestals at the gym for those people. So please. that's all a pump cover okay, is. Okay, wow. Here's the latest trend. Mm-hmm. I've noticed this development with the pump cover. Yeah. Uh, girls will now wear big baggy sweatpants over tighter pants or shorts oh. and do the same thing. So once they're... Mm-hmm. Once their turd cutter is sufficiently pumped, then the sweatpants come off, and it's like, bam! Look at this, everyone! Wow! Look at this! So they go and they warm up their smuggler's hatch back there, and then they go, look at this! Look at it now! It's like a pump cover for their pooper. Is oh what it is. It's my. a dump pump cover. It's a dump cover. So you have your it's dump. A, you have your pump cover, and then you have your dump cover. Dumper pumper cover. And when they're when they get when you get the blood flowing there, and it's just huge, big old horn blower out the back of you. Yeah. And you whip those sweatpants off and everyone's like, so now we need a pedestal for that. Hello, everyone. (laughs) Look at my goblin screamer. He's upon me. Do you see it? (laughs) Isn't it magnificent? Isn't it huge? (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm about to uncover it. Attention, please. I can squeeze anything in there. (laughs) And Shauna podcast. Okay, this is kind of funny because it's not on the podcast, but earlier on the show today, we were talking about a friend of yours who believes that there are two people laughing at her and kind of making fun of her at the gym. Yeah. And we both agreed that that was unacceptable behavior. Yes. The gym should be a judgment-free zone. And then... What... How do you feel about, like, like really arrogant behavior, like a pump cover, Shauna? Do you think that's okay to poke fun at? I mean... Like, what if someone's being obnoxious at the gym? Obno- You're not making fun of somebody who doesn't have a perfect body in there. You're making no. fun of somebody who's the opposite, who thinks they're so someone special. Who, someone who's way too high up on themselves is, yeah, that's a struggle. It's, Can we poke fun at that? I mean, we, yeah. We did. We did. Does that, see, is that hypocritical? Is that a contradiction to you? It could be slightly hypocritical, though, ah. when you think about it. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I know. I know. It's just, but it's, it's just different when you... Yeah, like, I, if you're super up... There are some people at the gym who are, you can tell, are so into themselves, they just, like, they, they just, like, kind of make a scene. They draw a lot of attention to themselves. And I'm if like, you treat other people like crap around you, then I think I, I'm going to make fun of you. Like, that's okay. where I kind of draw the line. Like, you can't, don't treat people like crap. You know what I mean? Like the Pump covers aren't treating people like crap. No, they're, they're not. They're just really, really into themselves. Yeah, I. that's crazy. I still can't believe that, that even exists, to be honest. <laughs> Um, there is one woman at our gym who is, just, I would say, fairly obnoxious. She's always doing like weird stuff and kind of has a real attitude about her. And she was on the stretching mats the other day, and the cleaner was coming through with the floor cleaning machine, you know, that big Zamboni-looking yep. thing they push? And, of course, she's got all of her stuff, her drinks and her purse and everything spread out all over the ground, and it's he can't get the floor cleaner through. So he taps her, and she's like, what? And I was standing close enough on the cardio machines that I heard all this. And he said, oh, I just need to get the machine through. And she's like, then move the stuff. Oh, I was God. like, nope. oh, no. Nope. See, I don't like that. You can't be disrespectful nope. to the people that no, keep the area cannot. clean. No, you cannot. No. See, and that's the thing. Like, if you treat other people like poo like that, then that, yeah, no. Nope. I'm judging away on her. Yeah. Judge away? Yeah. Okay. I, I, that's a free pass. That's a free, that's a judge zone. Okay, a judgment zone. We got the no judgment zone over here. And then that's, get the ju- to, that's in the judgment zone. Step into the small box so we're Please, all yes. free to judge away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then move it. Yeah, like, no, that's not his Maybe job to move uh, your crap. Move like, your crap out of the way. 
Move your dumper. And there's a way to be nice about it, too. Like, yep. oh, I'm sorry. Let me get that out of the way so you can continue doing your job, which keeps the facility clean for all of us. Mm-hmm. Disrespect. Yeah. Don't like disrespect. Nope. You know where you'll get nothing but respect, though, and that's from the folks at Shane Holmes. Yes. If you're building a new home, consider Shane Holmes and some of the unique things they offer, like their affordable customization. Uh, which allows you to make changes to your floor plan within your budget, which is yep. so nice. Custom homes are crazy expensive. Not with Shane Homes. ShaneHomes.com, the better way to build. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Here's another Frig Mary Kill for you, Beckler. Okay. Okay. Movie genres. Movie genres. Yes. I was thinking okay. about this yesterday. So what movie genre do you love? Mm-hmm. Which one would you kill? Never want to see again. Okay. And I mean, that one's as simple as not watching it if you don't want to, right? True, but if you just would, you're like, I could stand to not okay. see it. And what's your favorite rom-com? This is oh. your romantic in, interest that's on the end here. Yeah. Okay, well, what if my favorite genre was going to be rom-com? Well, it could be that too, it but then I want to. And I didn't think so. <laughs> but if it was, then that's good for you as well. So okay. let's start with the beginning. Yeah. Do you want to go one at a time or do you want me to take all of them? Mm, we can your do call. one at a time. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my favorite genre is like historical drama. Anything that's set in yesteryear, you know, when they can like transport you back in time to a different place, yeah, make you feel like you're actually in that time, especially if there's like a battle involved. Oh, yeah, if it's set around you know, a medieval war or something like that. Mm. Oh, man, I love those movies, yeah, and that's one that I could probably do without, not Ah. the worst, but I was, I'm always like, meh. So, what's your favorite then? Well, this is embarrassing, but I would say rom coms or action would be my top two. Those are like polar opposites. They of each really other. are. But I love a good romantic comedy, but only if it's a good one because there's so many horrible rom coms. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. There are very few that actually I would consider good rom coms. But if it's that, I'd say that. Otherwise, yeah, action movies. Okay. I love movies that you yeah, give me a car scene or uh, something like that. Yeah. What's your favorite action movie? This is going to be embarrassing to say, but um, Italian Job. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. From when I was a kid, that was one that really just stuck with me as a good action film. And again, we've talked about this, but that's why I always wanted a Mini Cooper. That really was that film. What, anyway. What was the next question? Which movie genre would I kill? Which would you kill? Okay. I'm going to couch this answer. Okay. Uh, I would kill off the superhero genre. And wow. Not because I don't... I, and I love lots of superhero movies, yep. but they have decimated the movie business. Like I see what you're they're, saying. They're such big budget productions and stuff. I was actually just listening to a podcast about this, and they were talking about how expensive it is to make and promote a movie right now. Like the movie itself can cost three hundred million dollars, and then they spend another three hundred million promoting it because they have to. Mm-hmm. They've spent so much on it, so then the movie has to make a billion dollars, or the investment doesn't pay off. So that means that they have to go with like established franchises. And movies that are going to be big overseas, right. even in non-English speaking countries and stuff, because they they need that return. And that means that the studios don't take risks on, you know, smaller movies, original screenplays, that sort of stuff anymore. Oh, that's a very good answer. Well, thank you. Like, I think yeah. that's why Oppenheimer was so big, because it's like, hey, this is different. Right? This is the first thing that's been different in a long time that isn't based on, you know, some bit of nostalgia or some established franchise already or, you know, a sequel to something. You know, it's so, funny when you get really passionate about something, your nose flares up a little, by it? the way. Yeah. And ah. I'm not, which is good. Anyway, this I also is, have allergies. Could be that. No, no. It's, it's a really great. It's a little it's a little tick you've got. And, I've, and you're getting into this with this. And it's so true when you say all that. that yeah. is, and we've talked about how they 
they don't reinvent the wheel they, or sorry they only just reinvent the same thing over yeah. and over now rather than as you said taking chances whereas if you go back to like the early 90s and stuff that's what, what i consider to be some of the golden age of movies there were so many interesting stories that they yeah. were telling and movies that would just never get made today yeah because it's just going to be a sequel it's going to be a video game adaptation it's going to be okay you know well, my answer seems really stupid, but now that you've talked about that, I was just going to say I'm not a big fan of Westerns, but... Oh, I love a good Western. Yeah, I don't know. There's something about a Western that I can take or leave, so... Make more Westerns. More Westerns. And what's your favorite rom-com? Love Actually, if you count that. Is it a Christmas movie or is it a rom-com? No, I call that a rom-com, and okay. I think that's most people's you? favorite rom-com. That one and The Holiday, those two, every Both time. Both Christmas movies, Yeah, eh? yeah, Christmas rom Apparently, that's what I love, Christmas rom-coms. You can get me into a rom-com if it's Christmas. Yeah. Outside of that, yeah. uh, it's a tough sell, buddy. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. This is some serious stoner chat for you here, Shauna. Ready for it. Uh, we were, the family was in the vehicle the other day. We were driving, and Bo had one of his chickadee magazines, and he yep. was reading to us out of it. He was reading about mirrors. Oh, have you ever thought about how prior to the development of mirrors, people probably didn't really know what they looked like? Yeah. I mean, like, because you'd see a reflection in things, but prior to that, you'd see probably just still water. Yeah. If you could get a glimpse of yourself water. in a pond on a calm day, mm-hmm. or if you had like a bowl of water and it was kind of dark and the light was right, maybe you'd see a bit of yourself reflected back up. Yeah. But other than that, you sure. wouldn't really know what you look like. No. Which would be so weird. I still feel like we don't really either, right? Because even when we see ourselves, it's reversed. And yep. you're always like, yeah, I don't know if I, I really know what I look like. But yeah, back then, you you really wouldn't know. Because you look different in a mirror than you do in photographs, don't you? You do, yeah. yeah. Especially if you bit, have an but... asymmetrical face. Mm, it's true. Or if your eyes are too close together like mine are. I've noticed recently mine are actually pretty far apart. And I hadn't mm. noticed that till recently. Anyway. Are you sure it's just not by like by contrast to me? By like, standards you're of You're looking you? at me so look, often. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, I'm like, wow, no, I got some probably- salmon eyes going on in comparison to that guy. <laughs> got a so, one yeah, eye. I got reading about Cyclops. Uh, sorry, I got reading about mirrors. They're yeah. older than I thought they were. So I guess about eight thousand years ago, there's evidence of like polished obsidian that people would use. Wow. For reflection. Okay. And then after that, they started polishing copper, like six thousand years ago. And then it wasn't until more recently that we had like truly reflective mirrors and stuff, but. I mean, even, you know, 8,000 years ago, people would have had kind of a rough idea what they looked yeah, like. Yeah, wow. But before that, no. No. You wouldn't know. But again, you, yeah, water. You probably, do, you, do they all just have still bowls of water everywhere? Just, uh, yeah. Take a look down there. All right, all right, I'm looking good. See if you're feeling your look before yeah, you head right? out. Yeah. It's like, why is everyone so nice to me? Oh, I'm super hot. That's why. Yeah, or conversely, why does everyone recoil in horror when they see me? <laughs> Oh, I'm hideous. My loincloth is out of place. My God, everyone can see my bits. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Etymology with Shauna. This is a bit of a different etymology, but I learned the meaning of a few names. Oh, okay. Uh, which I thought were kind of cool. It's always fun to learn this as well. Uh, so the first one is the name Madison. Um, so Madison literally translates to son of Maud, which... Prior to that came from the last name Matheson, which just means son of Matthew. So Madison just means son of Matthew. It was actually a a male name for the longest time. And it really wasn't until that Splash movie came out 
that everybody wanted to name their daughters Madison. What movie is that? It's called Splash. It was very popular at the time. And the only reason I even know of this is because my friend is named Madison. And it was because her parents watched this movie Splash. It was a big thing at the time. 1984. Yeah. And uh, the, the main character's name is Madison. And she was named after that main character as well. So How have I never even heard of this movie? Tom Hanks, Daryl Hannah, John Candy, Eugene Levy? I hadn't either until I heard the origin of my friend's name, and I was like, Splash, what's this? And I was big inside, but... So that would make for us. the youngest Madisons like almost 40 years old right now, right? Because it, it was a last name prior to that, right? Like James Madison. Well, and- yes, but it was like your parents. So my age, kind of, Madison was a big one, and kind of just before that, because it was, yeah, your parents who watched that movie. Right. Like, We're going to name our daughters that. My, yeah, my friend's 35, so there you go. And I guess you wouldn't meet many people with the first name Madison who would be older than that. No. No, okay. it was popularized by that, but Son of Matthew is where that came from. So I didn't realize this, but the name Jessica, Shakespeare is credited on inventing the name Jessica. Really? So in one of his plays, and I forget which one, but he anglicized the biblical name Iska, which means vision or sight in Hebrew. So it's a nice name in, in Hebrew. And he was the one who anglicized it in one of his plays, made the name Jessica, essentially. And that is where Jessica came from. I thought Jessica was a much newer name than that. Yeah, I did too, but I guess it didn't get popular at the time. But it was Shakespeare who, when you look back, it was kind of him who made that name a thing at all. Before that, it wasn't even a name. I would have guessed that it was like the, I mean, the female form of Jesse or a variation of Jesse. Because Jesse is an old name, right? Yeah, but but it was way older than that. Huh. Hebrew okay. first. And then the last one, Andrea. This is my mom's name. If she's listening right now, probably not going to be happy. Can I guess? Mm-hmm. Well, my name's Andrew. Yes. So it's probably the same as that. Manly? Yes. Yeah, it means man. I'm so a man. Andrea means manly. Uh, it's also a gender neutral name. Uh, and it was always seen as a gender neutral name. And it comes from the same root as androgynous. Oh. And androgynous literally just means man, woman. Andro okay. was the man side, and then Gene is the woman side. Androgynous just means man-woman. So, And I guess in other, other languages, there are male Andreas, right? Like Andrea Bocelli. And- yep, yep. But yeah, it's just uh, it means manly. That's it. Uh, this also reminds me of that terrible, terrible song that is written, and it's the only song I know where Andrea is the lyrics. Do you remember this? It's by a band called The Sun Race, and this is the song that was dedicated to an Andrea. When I look into My mom used to play that song. It was huh. the only song that's really dedicated to Andrea, and we used to be like, that's the... Yeah, it's like a it's really something. bad Beach Boys. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yep, just the... <laughs> I'm like, okay. Oh, okay. Etymology with Shauna. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. On my run the other day, I passed a sign for Jesus House Calgary. Jesus I, House. Which I think is a church. Yeah. It's like the Jesus House. You're coming okay. to Jesus' house. Interesting you know? way of saying it, though, yeah. Very interesting way of saying it. I like it. Jesus House could be all kinds of things, though. Mm-hmm. The first thing that popped to mind for me was like house music, deep house music. Okay. But this is a genre known as, of course, Jesus, Jesus house. house. So yeah. either with like religious vocalizations over top. Right, yeah. Or perhaps G- Jesus himself is a DJ. Uh, whoa. I can picture that, couldn't you? That would be great. He's in like yeah. a really cool outfit, mm-hmm. cool club. Yeah. 
He's got his hair tied back. Right? Of course. He doesn't have his hair down. No, no, no. Set. He's got it tied back, yep. beard all oiled up. Yep. He's doing that thing with the headphones where he's got it kind of like pinched in his ear here. Absolutely, mm-hmm. yes. Between yep. his shoulder and his ear. Uh-huh. And he's laying it down. Everyone's grooving to it. Oh, mm-hmm. man, Jesus is awesome. This is a sick set. I picture him in a toga, though, with the, with the Jesus shoes. Oh, he's so he's still wearing the same he's outfit. Still strangely wearing that outfit. Yeah, I mean that's that's in right. Like that's a, that's a, that's a good look for, for sure. Jesus. Yeah, hair pulled back though. Yeah, definitely yeah, hair pulled back. <laughs> the Beckler and Shauna podcast. I was listening to Aerosmith's "Sweet Emotion" yesterday, and a sound popped up in that song, and I was like, "Oh!" And it's a song that you hear in a lot of different songs, but you may not pick up on what it is. But it's this song. It's the Vibra Slap. Beckler, are you oh, familiar yeah. with the Vibra Slap? I believe I am, yes. So this is the Aerosmith, the Sweet Emotion with the, like, talking, but you, you get, you'll hear it. Right there. What are you doing? That little... That's a great spot for that. Right? Um, that, though, is the Vibra Slap. And it got me thinking, I was like, oh, we have not acknowledged the rock and roll Vibra Slap before. Is it common enough to acknowledge? Well, it's com- It's more common than you think. It's one of those that exists and you don't notice it's there until you start thinking about it. And you're like, oh, it is present in a lot of songs. Okay. And it's the weirdest looking thing because it's it kind of looks like a cowbell. It's just this thing that turns and it makes that sound, right? Like, very odd. But here's another example of it. <laughs> Wait for it. It's right here. Yep. Oh, prominent. Listen to how prominent. distinct that is, right? So it's in that song as well. And it's in a fair, like, short skirt, long jacket. I never caught that one. It's funny because it is. It's kind of there and you don't overly notice it, but it's used quite a bit in rock. It's the rock and roll vibra slap. Hilarious name as well, by the way. It's quite a decision to decide you're going to vibra slap there, hey? It really is. I imagine is. you're sitting around the studio and someone's like, what's this? Yeah. <sighs> oh, that's nice. Put that in. That seriously seems to, and it, a lot of the time is right at the, right off the hop of those songs. Like all those, <laughs> it's right off the top. Somebody, yeah, as you said, is just like, now nah, let's, let's bring the vibra slap in. Not a song, but the most prominent use of the vibra slap that I can think of is in the movie The Water Boy with Adam Sandler. They have well, a vibra slap in The Water Boy? Whenever he's visualizing who he needs to tackle and yeah. he's like trying to, the people who are mean to him, he places their face on the quarterback so yeah. that he can like work up the anger to go tackle. Totally, it, yeah. it, when, when the face changes, the vibra slap hits. I never see that's yeah. another thing. It just kind of exists in our life and you just never really acknowledge it. Like even Orange Crush from R.E.M. in this breakdown. Wait for it. There it is. Right there. See? weird. Can we get our hands on a Viber Slap and have it in here? I think we might need the Viber Slap, yes. Hit it periodically? I would like that. Yeah, just in the middle. We need a Viber Slap. And then... Slap that Vibra. We'll see if people even notice it or if it's like these where it just kind of lingers in the background, you know? And Shauna Podcast. Got this uh, voice message from front of the show, Patrick. Uh, and this is a rare type of snobs that can go either way. Like you can be a snob in either direction on this one. Okay. I'll let Patrick explain. I'm not sure if this is one that you and uh, Shauna have done before for snobs, but news snobs. And the background to this is uh, what's what's happening in India. Like I, I think you might know already. I work in the travel industry, and um, you know we do book trips for clients that want to go to India. 
And as of this morning, uh, the visas, like travel visas for Canadians have been suspended, so they're not issuing anything new. So I brought that up in the company chat, and of course my manager is kind of like, oh, really, I hadn't heard about this yet, and blah, 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 and I was like, dude, don't you watch the news? Like, <laughs> come on. I, I just, I was, I was, I don't know, taken aback by that, I guess. Um, I'm like, geez, we'll watch the news every now and then. That might do you some good, I guess. But anyway, and I'd say the irony to that is that I've been on the other side of that snobs uh, spectrum because during COVID in particular, I purposely avoided the news because it was always the same thing over and over again. Remember when COVID first started and they spent 50 minutes of the 60 minute news hour talking about covid and you know case numbers and all that it just got sickening because it was the same thing every single bloody day but i guess i'm a bit of an anti-news snob in a sense that uh i only listen to the news i want to hear if that makes any sense oh yes i remember when i was young naive and unaware of the happenings of the world at large how blissful <laughs> <laughs> the news who watches the news anymore? Do you still have a rotary phone and a landline too? <laughs> yes, well, if you don't follow the news, how will you share my deep pessimism about the world? <laughs> Do I get my news on Facebook and online forums? That's where the real truths are. Yes, well, where are you spending that energy if not on depressing news? Loved ones? Your passions? <laughs> Please. <laughs> no, the news makes me feel frowny face. I prefer to listen to my own intuition than real information. <laughs> I feel so frowny face. Frowny. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Did you see this recent interview with Connor Bedard? I believe I did, yes. Saw this yeah. clip going around. Yeah, it's classic. It's um it's amazing because of course Connor Bedard, hockey phenom. Connor Bedard, he was... Uh, generational talent. He's generational talent. Generational talent. Uh, he was asked about how his cooking was going, and he just had a, a genuine response that I really appreciate. I'll just play it for you. So you, you how's the cooking going? Because you said your mom was instrumental, you know, early on yeah. in your career. So how are you doing it solo? Or Yeah, I just kind of FaceTime her, put her on the counter, and she tells me what to do. So um, she's uh, making it easy on me, but um, yeah, maybe try to... Be a little more independent at some point. What are you cooking? What's she cooking? Just whatever. Like I haven't cooked that much. It was just kind of something to something to say here, but <laughs> which is phenomenal. <laughs> I was actually just kind of lying before. I was just trying to say something because you asked, and I'm making it up. And then it was kind of a. I see it as a good boof. It's a bit of a boof, but then a very good recovery because then you're just completely honest about it, and then you look really cool doing it. Yeah. I was lying a moment ago. I was just, <laughs> just I was just lying. Trying to fill time. Like just a really good, <laughs> really good way of just coming back around because I was like that could have been a really awkward moment where you're caught in a lie and what what do you, what is she trying to make you? You're like, "Uh, uh, I don't know." And instead he was just like, "I was just trying to say something here." So, I mean, he's got the typical hockey player cadence, but He sure does. Uh, does he have a bit of a personality? Well, this is what I'm wondering. When you hear that, and you're that's like, "That's exciting." Oh my, oh my god, could he be? <laughs> actually someone that you want to hear interviewed rather than the same old crap all over imagine over? someone with connor mcdavid's skill but who isn't an npc you know who isn't, holy uh, bananas is that a sentient robot that i don't know i i mean the sports media might explode yeah if that's the case right like it'll, it'll get to be a lot no self-destruct yeah
But well, that's exciting. It's very exciting. That's exciting. Yeah, that they, refreshing. The next generational talent in the NHL might have a little bit of a sense of humor, a bit of a personality. And knows how to recover from a boof. I'm down with that. A boof. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. My dad sent me this article, and it's a bit odd because this article is from 2016, but it has been making, I've heard it mentioned in a few different spots now, so it's like making the rounds again. Oh, interesting. But it was about this girl. She's six, she, at the time, she was 16 years old, lived in the UK, and she started this website to help... Chinese parents pick English names for their kids because she said she was on a trip to China with her family and I didn't I didn't know this but even before uh, Chinese kids come overseas to study sometimes their parents will give them an English name oh. as well as like a traditional Chinese name I didn't um, know that why just just so they're prepared if they do travel abroad if they do ah. go elsewhere to study go live somewhere else interesting um, but she said so many of the names like weren't they didn't translate well, I guess, or they weren't like seamless English names. Right. So she started this company to help them pick names, and she was just making crazy money doing it. Like, with the last update I read here, she had named like hundreds of thousands of Chinese babies uh, and was making like 16,000 pounds a month. Holy. This teenager. Which Man, is insane. I'm jealous. We should have done that. Well, I'm really kicking myself for not thinking of this idea first because. For years, I've been saying that it would be so easy to offer just like an English translation service to any company that wants to advertise in English. Because I noticed this what when I was traveling when I was quite a bit younger, that oftentimes you would see like billboards and stuff that were grammatically incorrect. Yeah. And I'm like, isn't, you know, if you're a native English speaker, it would be as easy as saying, hey, just like flip these words around and your billboard will make way more sense in English. Totally. And menus and stuff all yeah. the time you see that and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, okay, I could have helped you with that. For mm -hmm. sure. You, all you'd have to do is make sure you were the first result on Google. Yeah. You'd just be like, I don't know, English There's translation still time services. There's to do that, Beckler. I don't know. Because she's like, this, this girl started this website in 2016. It's still live now. I don't know what kind of money it's making these days, but. That's such a good idea. Yeah. As of 2019, she had named like 600,000 Chinese babies and was making so much money from wow. it. Wow. Yeah. Um, the only thing I didn't like is in this article, she said that uh, a few of the names she heard when in China were embarrassing names. And oh. she told the BBC, I once heard of someone called Cinderella and another called Gandalf. And I'm like, well, hang on now a second. Gandalf is not an embarrassing name. Gandalf at the time was if you named arguably your kid the most Gandalf, powerful being in Middle-earth. It is an Earth. embarrassing name. Mithrandir. Yeah. Hey, this is Aloran. my kid Gandalf. You can't tell me that people wouldn't be like, are you serious right I'd now? I'd be cranked about it. Yeah. But he would have to possess and the then characteristics of Gandalf. Yeah, which you can't know when your kid pops out. The wisdom and the loyalty. Maybe they would grow into the name, you know? Mm -hmm. It's not weird how the music just starts playing whenever I start talking no, about you, Lord of the Rings. That's incredible. You make it it's play. Remarkable. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Uptown Great Heritage Moment. Although we've discussed Alberta's liquor laws before, we haven't spoken of the man who revolutionized them. Today's Heritage Moment is inspired by a recent article in Calgary's Scene magazine regarding a man ahead of his time named Ron Gitter. The province's liquor laws are now seen as fairly progressive, but this wasn't always the case. In fact, even well into the 70s, they were still extremely conservative. The laws at the time dated back to 1923 when Prohibition ended, which still aligned with those who believed liquor was only for the sinners and those eternally damned secular folk. Drinking was a shameful act, only to be done in the basement of hotels or in giant beer halls that held up to 800 people. 
These beer halls were not the typical party atmosphere that you'd envision at, say, Oktoberfest or the Great Hall at Hogwarts, but rather were lacking any decor, had no entertainment, and fun of any sort was forbidden. Singing, dancing, even walking around wasn't allowed. Women were also forbidden in the bars until 1957, and even then it was extremely rare and normally reserved for the ladies of the evening. Beer halls at the time were almost seen as shameful, and the atmosphere reflected that. As a result, Albertans were averaging the second highest beer consumption levels in the country. Similar to how a teenager will rebel if they're too restricted, Albertans would pick up a case a week and drink at home, turning into closet binge drinkers. MLA Ron Gitter was the man tasked with changing this situation. And he initiated a report which suggested that adding entertainment and atmosphere into bars would actually reduce drinking. He believed this would give patrons other activities to focus on rather than just tossing back as many cold ones as they possibly could. So perhaps the introduction of music and dancing into these establishments would be beneficial. From there, he pitched one of the most controversial ideas of all, the concept of the neighborhood pub. This was a much smaller establishment than these 800-person beer halls, and they'd be peppered around the city. The idea was you could have a drink at a neighborhood pub and then continue on home instead of getting absolutely blasted in a dank hall with hundreds of others. In 1973, these ideas were radical, and most of these recommendations were initially ignored. Beer halls got slightly smaller, but outside of that, not much changed. At least not right away. In fact, the Alberta Liquor Control Board laughed at the idea of a neighborhood pub, saying it was simply unprofitable. But over several decades, the laws were slowly loosened, and Alberta actually became one of the most progressive provinces in the country in that regard. And we owe it all to Mr. Gitter and his, at the time, radical ideas on drinking. Get or done. This has been a Calgary Heritage Moment. You've been listening to the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative. X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have Beckler and Shauna downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later. After Hours, a weekly podcast that brings X Afternoons with Mariah and Ty to another level of awesome and allows you to listen on your own terms. Go behind the curtain and hear the stuff you won't hear on the radio. Like, f- they're going to say f-. Find X After Hours wherever you get your podcasts or on the X app.